0: Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host returning, uh, sitting down, committed as always, the the, the reliable host, the trustworthy host, uh, the host that has your back when other hosts won't and don't, uh, the Dapper DM, Troy Sandlin.
1: Greetings, everyone. Is that, like that? Is, is that better? Is that better than the one and all?
0: <sighs> yes. I, I I'm not sure. I think I like the one and all. Uh,
1: See, Joe says yeah. it's dapper sounding.
0: I think, you know, it is, but <sighs> it doesn't well, have, know, have the pizzazz. Yeah.
1: Let yeah. let let us let, you know, let's be honest, so it's it's a hell of a lot better than Lolly Ho.
0: The, the, fair enough. I fair mean. enough. Yeah. 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 This is This serves as both a like a denouncement of the Dwarven DM, but also as a warning to the both of us as to what
1: happens when you're gone. (laughs) That's why I'm always here. (laughs) 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 Oh, first misses my yodel. Yeah, that yodeling isn't very dapper, though, I, I feel. The dapper yodeler would the be dapper, a great dapper. That sounds like an, a villain. That's
0: a Twitch name, yeah. It? Yeah, or a villain, both. Yeah.
1: I am deathly afraid to miss an episode. <laughs> I am deathly afraid. <laughs> well, so we
0: were going to record this episode. We did record this episode right alongside our crowdfunding corner, uh, but, gosh darn it, if the day that Watsi... Infiltrates our crowdfunding corner episodes Is the day I eat my hat Yeah So we're gonna make it It's own episode And we're and gonna cheat. put it out on a different day And it's gonna be <laughs> Yeah, We're gonna cheat And nobody's gonna know the difference
1: That's right, if you're not cheat, Well, they are now because you just told them
0: Yeah, well I mean All our, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say something But I'll not Yeah <laughs> <sighs> There's a lot of news that's coming out in d d Celebration. there's a lot. But really, and, and, and more of it will filter into our uh, receptacles over the next week or so, especially at Origins, my suspicion. Mm-hmm. But, but there was a segment at the very tail end, I think, of the uh, weekend, which was the future of D&D. And they had a collection of people on there, including um, Jeremy Crawford and uh, Chris Perkins. And they took the opportunity to talk about what does the next two-plus years look like for Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Joe is already, you know, dropping spoilers and saying that Boo is making an appearance in an upcoming uh, publication probably next year. I think go I... Go for remember. the
1: eyes. boo!
0: There you go. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I, I practiced that's, earlier. That's quality. Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a heck of a lot in that segment. Yeah. Um, a heck of a lot. I'm trying to, like, think about where the best place to start is.
1: Uh, well let's just start at the top I mean If you haven't heard by now Whatever they're going to call it 5e plus 5.5
0: 5e would, evolved 5e, but, 5E you, evol- know, well, can't, of, you can't do that yeah, it
1: took, yeah, yeah. 5e yeah. advanced can't do that I think uh, Ian World already took that one But uh, yeah They are advancing 5th edition Mm-hmm. So It's
0: not quite three point five ing fifth edition right because three point five was really setting out to to do a a, a rerun or a re a rework tr- in truth right yeah um
1: i think what what this is is almost like a uh what they did in fourth edition with the essentials
0: mm-hmm it's more like that yeah.
1: yeah, it's more like that. Not not that they're trying to fix anything, but uh, apparently they're trying to streamline a few things a little bit more well, mm-hmm. on a on a system that's already very streamlined as it is. Right. But uh, you know, there are some bumps.
0: The biggest the biggest thing that was noteworthy is that they're putting forth at this moment a priority on backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. So the books for five point five or five evolved or whatever it is are going to work just fine. None of your old fifth edition stuff is going to fall away. um, And you'll be you'll be fine to use either way or either source and it'll all work just fine. That being said, that being said, we haven't talked about this before, but that is in 2024, right? So we've got hypothetically, we don't know when in 2024, but let's say January, let's say early as possible, right? So we've got like two and a quarter years before we get there, a lot can change in two and a quarter years. Mm-hmm. And depending on playtests, depending on feedback, you know, surveys, um, and the responses of the community just in general, I think that, that how how accurate that statement is, is up for debate.
1: Yeah, probably. But again, they didn't put too fine a point on it. It's just at some point. Well, you know.
0: yeah, because he, like here's the, here's the idea, right? So one of the things they said as an example is that you aren't going to have the spell casting trait in a monster stat block anymore, right? You're not going to have spell casting and a whole list of spells that they can cast. You're going to have more of like Firebolt. Is an action that they can use, and it's just mm-hmm. spelled out in their action block, right, or whatever. Um, no which more, I no love. Spell slots,
1: yeah. That's, I that love should right. Should have been a thing a long time ago.
0: But, but, how, how are you going to make a lich? So you're going to remake the lich, right, for five point 5. five? It is going to be distinctly different from the lich. In fifth edition, as a as a creature, mm-hmm. right? Because the lich creature is going to have a holy host of spells at its disposal, and unless they're going to give the new spell the new stat block, which I seriously doubt, but unless they're going to give them like thirteen actions that they can use,
1: well, if it if what we saw at Gen Con, what we, what we were given at Gen Con. Little preview of their essentials, mm-hmm. uh, adventure. Uh, they have uh, in, in there. They had uh, some uh, pre Yeah, lost lost the word. And I kind of feel like you know, even though their character classes, the the way they they did them is like you know they put some of the spells that they are, are able to use in their actions. So, that you're mm-hmm. not thumbing through to find exactly what your spells do, which is what they're talking about. So, for a lich, they're going to have you know these two or three spells in their actions that they can use as attacks or whatever, and then probably a list of special abilities for some of the other spells, and then maybe an, another smaller list of spells that they may have access to that don't actually function when you because that's the problem with the, the the stat blocks they they list all these spells that never come up in a combat which if you're not in combat why do I don't you need know, this, I don't, I don't need, need it
0: on the stat block. Right yeah, there. I
1: don't need I don't need to detect magic in my stat block for combat. If mm-hmm. I want my if I want my lich to have detect magic you can just say he has to magic. He has to take magic. The
0: Lich has 25 spells at their disposal, right? Also, that's a whole heck of a lot of spell slots,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which if you're not doing it this way, I'll be curious. There's a lot of curiosity here, but what I'm trying to get at, right, is like, if you have a a 5e, this, this Lich spell slot, uh, stat block that I'm looking at right now, and you remake it and streamline it and simplify it. There's a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. And when a when a when an adventure later on down the road says lich, they mean the new one, not the old one, right? Right. So, I mean. You can argue all day long that this lich still works. The rules still allow it to work. But this lich is no longer in use. Right. Right. And that will be the entire Monster Manual, right? And it'll be all of Mordenkainen's, and it'll be all of all of these books. Well, yes, they still work, but they're not in use, and they're not referenced anymore. Right. And there's also been that talk with the Player's Handbook, classes and things right like they've they've already put out a survey they they referred to that survey during the uh, stream this weekend about they're taking a look taking this opportunity to perhaps revise or update those original classes and subclasses and I again I say that's great awesome so are you saying that we're going to have a Ranger for 5th edition and then a new Ranger for 5e revised and both of them work? Well, we know which one people are going to lean into, right? Oh, yeah. Like, so, and, and then the question becomes, well, if we're going to, if everybody's going to lean into this and if all of our monster books are going to lean into this and all the future adventures are going to lean into the new monsters, right? How much do we really care about the old stuff? How much do we really care about cross compatibility and blah, blah, blah? if everything that we have is moving away from it and if everybody seems happy with that.
1: Well, because it's you know, you're you're saying you know, the ranger is only one class. Mhm. The you know, the other classes for the most part work perfectly fine as is. The the ranger has always been the one that everybody, you know, points to. It says this is the weakest class and it's almost unplayable and you know Yep. Of course those are very strong statements but and then you're going to have things like Dragonborn. Uh, Dragonborn is is a, 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 sad, a sad a sad race or boring. They they don't yep. they don't have as much oomph as other races do. So that's just one out of but
0: you're you're seeing the race as a whole, but there are certainly aspects of the other classes of the other races that if you could go back and tweak at this point, you would, right? Like
1: probably, yeah. yeah. Or, and, and that's or definitely not.
0: what, the, that's what the survey was definitely asking, right? Like it wasn't just about how do you feel about barbarians? Mm-hmm. It went down to the nitty gritty and said, how do you feel about each ability of the core barbarian class? Right. And they're taking all that information and they're looking at it all and they're saying, you know, 80% of people like reckless attack. So we feel like probably we can leave that one alone unless mm-hmm. we have a and R bonnet here at Watsy about it, right? Um, but maybe they're looking at it and they're like, you know, people don't seem to give a care one way or another to Feral Instinct. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, we have a twenty-five percent satisfaction rate with that one. Let's give that one a look, right? So then, they they updated. Book, you, it's basically the same, but Feral Instinct as the Barbarian has been replaced with something different.
1: Yeah, and
0: it just seems muddy,
1: right? Not really. Not to me, it doesn't seem muddy. What you, what they're doing, if they go back and let's let's say for you know, like easy math, mm-hmm. they're going to tweak something in every base class, sure. and every subclass. Sure. Let's just say they're gonna do that. Yeah. All they really did was double the amount of options you have for classes.
0: And they've already done that with Tashas, I suppose, right? Like yeah.
1: Tasha's is is a hive
0: a swarm of new player options mm-hmm. and, and adjustments. That's fair. I'm just asking, do do we care about it crossing over?
1: In do the sense care? of... Yes. I think we do. I think we need to care. Be- because as it stands right now, 5e is the most popular version of D&D ever. Yep. And as it stands right now, technically, does not need to be fixed. Does not need to be changed. Does not Yeah, need it's, to be still, growing and it's y- still growing. It's still growing. Yeah, yeah. So yep. you have to care because otherwise what we're getting in 2024 becomes sixth edition and now it is an edition all on its own and there it it becomes more like you know backward compatible as in as much as i can pick up a second edition module zhuzh some things and make it fifth edition yeah this way you're, you're gonna not, have to use, gonna use some use, stuff too. Maybe a little, but use. not a whole lot. I mean, because I can play my champion fighter from fifth edition next to a champion fighter of five five, and it's going to be everything's going to be cool.
0: So my question though is, if you actually think you're gonna you can streamline it, mm-hmm. it and I'm probably picking things apart. But if you actually think you should, could streamline it and make it better, why be tied down?
1: to previous sensibilities because you're not being tied down it's just opening up more and the new players coming in that purchase for from... certain
0: things you're right but for, for certain, certain th- things you're not
1: But right? well if it's backwards compatible once you get to that certain point when the new books drop and all these new players come in and buy those new books they don't have to go back and buy the old ones <laughs> You know, that's true. Yeah. Unless unless they want, yeah, it's like, man, I I like how your Beastmaster Ranger plays from Fifth Edition. I don't like this new version. It actually works. Yeah. So okay, well, you know, you can use this. That
0: also. all that all's true. That all's true. I'm saying though that there are things outside of the things that we've just talked about that maybe you would go back and tweak. Right. Mm-hmm. As an example, I wish we had a slightly expanded conditions list. Okay. I'd love to have things like bloodied. Yes. I would like to have things like sickened as opposed to just poisoned. Okay. Because, like, because those two things aren't applicable and they, they aren't like I don't want to say that something's poisoned when you're not poisoned. Sometimes you're sickened. Right. Um there's a few things like that, right? You can't it's going to be very difficult to manage something like that. If it's all cross mm-hmm. compatible, mm-hmm. so uh, other things like the skill list—you can't tweak the skill list. Again, there's some skills that I think have need to be could be reworked. Some that could be split apart. You know, some that some are missing. That the mind. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, and and, is, and,
1: yeah. I, and I think some of those you know that that could happen, and it's not going to be that that tweak is a one and done. It's like, okay, well, the skills are working like this. What do you have on your character sheet from the old – okay, change that. You're done.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so, like, again, I'm – I'm by and large, I agree with you that this is the best step forward that they could have done. I'm just saying that there's a part of me – there's a part of me that says – I would have been interested to see if they didn't feel like they had to keep 5e alive because it's successful and if they could just make what they wanted to make. Because a big part of that future of D&D was we hear you, we're listening, we're constant. They said this is a living system. It's a living, you know, what, you know we're a living company. We're going to pay attention to what the community wants and we're going to make what you want. If they didn't feel like they had to be 5th edition still. Mm-hmm. What would you change? And I'd be curious to see that list. And I'm not here to say that I wouldn't be down for that list if that was the trade.
1: Well, that's also because you you like new rule systems and things like that, too. So That's fair.
0: That's fair. And also, I'm not intimidated by – I mean, I'm a little bit saddened, but I'm not intimidated by the idea of having 40 books on my shelf that are now outdated because – that was gonna. That's gonna be my life at some point. That's anyway, gonna. Yeah, so. that's
1: gonna happen regardless. Yeah. I mean. I mean. When. When three five came out, it was, you could still use your third edition books. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Mm, but you probably won't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, the same with five E. I mean, whatever.
0: So kind of rolled into that. So that that's just one little piece of the news. One. Five point five. There's also it was a heavy. Uh, which Craig is bringing up here in our chat, there's a heavy nod towards new formats mm-hmm. or a new focus on different formats, a wider array of formats um, for official Watsy content. Not only increased in digital formats, maybe a hint to their VTT. Also, they were clear to say, you know us for hardcovers and box sets but we're going to be exploring other product types and we're going to be releasing some of those in 2022. To me, that implies maybe some soft covers. And I think that the community likes that idea, right? Like Paizo's adventure paths have, Mm -hmm. you know, a a high regard. Also. So does Cobalt Press's soft cover offerings, right? Like people like that, that the the appeal of a 20 to $25 book is there.
1: Right. Well, I think a lot, I think, they, they could also be alluding to and, and this comes up a, a little bit later too. Finally, they have figured out they do not need to continually release these huge yep one to fifteen or one to whatever campaign arcs in hardback form that to me that, that was a bit much all, all of these yep. hardbacks it was you know start at level one go all the way through. What happened to well? My character is is traveling the world, doing cool stuff, and they get to this area. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll run this. Yep. And, and really, when you look back at some of those campaign books, they don't make good first to fifteenth level campaigns. They would be much much better served. Rhyme of the Frost Maiden being one. That the whole first half of the book to me is ridiculous because there's something bad going on up north. They haven't had sunlight in two years. Hey, let's go dick around at, at the Ten Towns for uh, several levels before we ever even decide to go look for why.
0: Our... Our, our vile hatred of certain elements of rhyme is is legend at this point but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you and and even my crew and and i've certainly talked to others who have played that hardcover when it's presented at i mean you buy the book you you sign up for the campaign with this hook of eternal winter and there's a deity that's You know, that you got to figure out a way to stop. And even in the world itself, like, there's some known things, right? It's known that this is unnatural. It's known that there's a mystery to be solved. And even the the quest hooks and aspects all point you towards, you're the ones who are going to solve this mystery. Mm -hmm. Except there's six levels at the beginning where... We'd rather you did something else until you hit the level that you need to be. Right, right. which is
1: just totally, and and it doesn't really drive you forward. It, yeah. it it's not.
0: But there's yeah. this for everything. Like we're we're talking about rhyme, but there's, uh, <laughs> we
1: we hide it well. We hide our disdain for rhyme. Yeah, fairly. But well.
0: other other things, even like um, the plague of ancients. Adventure path, like as cool as it is, and it is a cool adventure
1: path. It is very cool.
0: Um. It it falls into the same traps of like wanting, it, and it maybe even does the other way around, where it's like, oh, we really want you to fight these really impressive beings, like a owlbear at level one. But we really can't have you fight an albert at level one, so we're going to tweak, it, right? Mm-hmm. Adventure path, smaller adventures. Allow you to tell stories that are tailor-made for your level in a more meaningful way. Set the scale of the calamity, of the disaster, of the adventure to the level of the party, to the scope of the party, and let it expand with them. Candlekeep Mysteries is something that they referenced as a uh, as a you know true north for a lot of what their products might be like going forward they heard loud and clear people liked that format and so they're going to push it um in that direction i think that's a great now i i don't want to candle keep two let's be clear i think that there's a limit to that format but the best books you know tales from the yawning portal home run um i think salt marsh was iffy but I don't think that the premise was iffy. I think that it's just some poor delivery on the
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you when you're saying, Oh, there's new uh ship rules and, and water stuff and everything and you never get to the open sea. It's all coastways and port towns and things mis- like that. So it's like mm.
0: mispresentation, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Now yeah. you know you bring up that they said that uh you know candle keep mysteries is oh we we've we've listened to you we've heard that you like this format so we're going to double down on this i am worried about that because rhyme of the frost maiden was laid out the way it was laid out because of the the success of the essentials kit and their Mm -hmm. and their way of of doing the message board thing and that style of adventures. And to me, like look at the crap fest that became Rime of the Frostmaiden because they used that sensibility to make this hardback campaign. So what are they going to do with Candlekeep Mysteries? Are you going to drive that into the ground and make something crappy too? Uh, I mean, that chance is there. I'll give it a shot, but... uh, I'm happy to give it a shot.
0: I think that this is actually a move in the right direction. And I'd I like think to it, see... Yeah. I'll give them two or three shots here. I think that's where I'm at. Like, you get two or three shots when you're making a compendium, an anthology book. I will... I will I'll buy those.
1: Yeah. I'm just worried that this is going to be like uh, Warner Brothers and the DC movies. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, Batman is dark and gritty. And so we would make more... DC movies so now Superman has to be dark and gritty too because that's what sells no give I hear you don't don't double down just because one book worked and was cool don't say okay now our next three you know huge adventure books have to be the same way no it let's I, and I you know Craig says it in in chat, spot on, the days of looking at the latest 30 page modules in the comic book racks at your game store. That is what we need. We need those smaller adventures that aren't themed like Candle Keep because everything in Candle Keep was obviously based on books, which is fine because that's that's what it was about. That's great. But let me, the d m pick these two or three modules from this series and this module over here mm-hmm. and this module over here, and let mm-hmm. me string together the story yeah out of out of all these different choices because my campaign doesn't all you know from levels one to twenty does not need to be themed around books all the time
0: I like I like craig's suggestion though that like you pull the early chapters out of the hardcover turn them into a soft cover like one of the greatest options for storm king's thunder was that you could swap in lost blinds yes instead of nightstone right like not to say that nightstone isn't a cool thing but it was cool that you got to pick and then on from that right then you were picking Um, the next, whether you're going to Tribor or, or, um, summer fields or whatever that one's called. Uh, Golden fields. Golden fields. Or or Brainshander. Yep. You're picking and that, that felt good too, right? And, and then it moved from that into like, go, go play by yourself for three levels and come back when you're cool. Um, but, but, but if that, what it really was communicating right was. So the, the this adventure is for ninth level and above. And as long as you make some giant talk in those first eight levels, we don't care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a great a great statement that they could be carrying over and say these hardcovers are epic stories for higher level play. And maybe there's a few like I think Dragon Heist is a great lower-level adventure, right? Like, lower-level campaign adventure. So you could do these, but I think that the hardcovers could be more focused on saying, like, here's not a whole slew of levels and tiers of play, but it's actually, like, targeted to very specific things.
1: Um, I I think they missed an opportunity with the, the plug-and-play ability of Lost Minds. I I love how they did it for the the for the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's no, don't look in the Giants toilet. Don't do that, Craig. Um All of the Adventure Paths, all of the all the hardback books should have been created fifth level and up in my mind. Mm. To say, okay, you know, anybody that gets into the game start with this starter set
0: Mm -hmm. or the essentials kit or whatever or or
1: whatever get to level five and then you could pick whatever book you want and then you could release not new starter sets but you could release you could also release new one to five Mm -hmm. adventures in a soft cover that feeds into those those other books how
0: cool would that be how cool would that be if each if 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 you had that like mix and match, mm-hmm. thing, right, where it's like, oh well, I pl- I played Lost Minds and then I went and did Avernus. Well, I played Dragon Heist and then I went and did Storm Kings. Yeah, I you know that 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 feels funky. And feels I would fun. suggest that it's probably actually three. Yes. three stages, right? Three stages. Not low all of these
1: hardbacks it's, need to be.
0: Well, it's like one to five. Then it's probably think i just went blurry but one to five then five to ten or five to fifteen would be like the core one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then you would have like this epic one that's like 15 to 20 where you plain
1: hop you could cap it out yeah yeah if you if you went that far you could get and you and it could be because there's not that many campaigns that go that high so you wouldn't have to release a new 15 to 20 yeah yeah just a few you just, yeah, need you,
0: a few. Yeah, you just have and, a few and then what let's just carry this idea forward you could also then put out probably as like a pdf on the website you would put out like a crossover guide mm-hmm. that says like are you wrapping up last lost minds and headed to avernus here's some connective tissue yep and then you could also include some connective tissue in avernus uh, at the beginning of Avernus to kind of reiterate some of that. But yeah. I like that idea a lot.
1: Or, or you could even, you know, here's your Avernus guide to Lost Minds of Phandelver. Uh Sildar is actually from Elturel and not never, you know, things yeah. like that, that all the way through you're building. And then you, and, and it's just downloads on the website that you can pull from. Well, I'm going to play Lost Minds, but I'm not sure which, ooh. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation sounds really cool. How do I get from Fandelver to there? Yeah, and you can yeah. just change it up every every campaign you get a new one to five and start it and go and make yeah. it cool.
0: yeah, I think Craig's talking about how running a hard cover for a year becomes yeah. a drag. I think that also like streamlining the adventures as part of the hardcover approach would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't think we actually want or need 260 page hardcovers. I think a, a, a solid 120, 140, and then if you want to flush it out in the back end with some setting guides or some monsters, I think that that's fine. But give us a really tight, you know, adventure that can be easily ran in a collection of set uh, sessions. You know. Yeah. Honestly, I would like this as a goal. If we play once a week. For four hours. We should be able to finish out your hardcover before the next one comes out.
1: Yes. Yes. Because and and here's here's a frustration that I have now that D D is so insanely popular. And that is it kind of suffers from everything being spoiled by movie trailers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just like, you know, I, I totally understand D and D celebration from this past weekend. They wanna they want to show off the new thing, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and all this stuff. It's great, but holy crap! As they're talking about all of this cool stuff that's in this book, me as a DM, I'm sitting there like, I I kind of would have liked to have revealed that in my game i kind of would have liked to have <laughs> had that little in joke played out in my game and not blasted all over freaking youtube for the entire world to see three days after the book got released mm-hmm. you know it's like you're is it, it i'm kind of starting to see you know as as dnd evolves why and how these Kickstarters that we talk about on crowdfunding corner every other week are still doing so well because these adventure paths and these and these uh, modules and these hardbacks and these things like this that, that are that you can find on here and other places don't have the insane amount of spoilers flying around. And the DM still can have fun, surprising and shocking, their players with all this stuff, because now it's, it's almost an, a a suggested way of, of running a campaign, letting your Mm -hmm. players know, Hey, I'm going to be running X book. So go ahead and make your characters accordingly. And now they're going to create, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing lost Kings, you know, uh, Storm King's Thunder, all about giants. Oh, okay, we're going to make all of our characters geared towards fighting giants. Mm. And it's like, hmm. Now, you do realize that the entire campaign is not built around fighting giants, correct? You're going to do some other stuff, too. Yeah, but when we get to the main thing at the end, we're fighting giants, so we're going to start now. And, you know, so it's like... Mm -hmm. Build your characters. Let me give you the story, and let your characters grow through what they experience. Not, mm. Mm. I'm going to make my character to be what it needs to be for the whole campaign. Yeah, you know, it just. But mm. that's the way it is now with D and D because they announce the book, they have a a D and D live or a D and D celebration or or something like that, and tell you everything about it.
0: Yeah, well, let's get let's let let me hop on kind of part of that train for a moment here you you brought up Witchlight light and their talk of Witchlight light and they're very proud of Witchlight light and i think mm-hmm. they should be it's a very it different be. book right um that kind of goes back like they're really proud and i think you're going to follow that pride they're going to follow that pride into strixhaven coming up soon they're really proud of the idea of non-combat D and D, which is interesting which is interesting I think that ties back to our, and I maybe maybe this means that we're coming back, uh, closing out here in some form or fashion. We'll see. But um, I think that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning, though. Um, if I'm going to make a five point five or a, a next edition of the game, I kind of like in today's sensibilities where. There's a subset of the community that really likes the idea of de-emphasizing combat heavily. If you're going to do that in earnest, you have to do a new edition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, again, I'm not saying that you can't. You will certainly have tables. You will certainly have groups. You may even certainly have campaigns where combat isn't something that happens often. There may be sessions where you never roll the combat dice. But you don't have to go very far outside the D&D threshold to find out that there are dozens of systems that are way better at mechanizing roleplay and making Mm -hmm. character abilities and traits and features and things like that roleplay-centric than D&D is. And I think it's a mistake to ask your party, ask your, your table, to make characters whose almost every ability is designed to fight things mm. to then play a long-format adventure or campaign where they are not supposed to use those abilities.
1: Uh, well... I can I, I can agree and I, but I also disagree uh, my thing is I you don't to me unless it's a very special setting or a very special style of game you don't need to mechanize roleplay
0: I look I, I'm not I- I don't disagree, but I'm saying that you you have already mechanized combat.
1: Yes, because you have to.
0: But but that's already what's on the character sheet. If it Mm -hmm. wasn't on the character sheet, I completely agree with you, right? If you said, hey, look, make your characters, but don't choose a class, then I completely agree with you. But as soon as you ask them to pick a class and pick an archetype at level 3 or level 2 or whatever, right? Like, what you're communicating, what they're communicating by writing those things down on their character sheeters. These are important to my character, right? I put them on here. They're communicated in the text, in the flavor of the class. Like, yes, maybe I want to play a bard who is bookish or who is... You know, uh, you know, a, a con artist, but not a not a not a violent one, or you know, all these different archetypes of different characters. You know, maybe a wizard that doesn't learn, you know, that is passive and mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't do uh, violent spell casting, right? Like, all these things are possible hypothetically, right? As as character types in the world at large. When you actually go to build your character. It's very, very, very difficult to build a character that has a non-majority of combat-related features.
1: Okay, so I... I yes. What I think D&D needs is a sub-skill system or something that is... Or a, a more robust background Um feature or something like that to where you can get those because if, if i want to create a character and i want them to be you know do the i'm a i'm a fighter and i'm a i was a blacksmith mm-hmm. you know all i get is oh i can i can pick some tools okay i'm going to mm-hmm. pick blacksmith and, and, tools. Feature. Yeah. and that's all i get yeah if there's more to that if there was more that allowed me to say you know i can pick social skills
0: mm-hmm.
1: i can you know that i i can see but it, to me everything else i don't need rules for role play i don't need to mechanize it i don't need any of that and oh. i think that is i don't because i began playing when there were no skills mm-hmm. there there was there was nothing like that it was just you made it up yeah but now, as, as everything has progressed in video games, I think people, most players don't think in that mindset. It's like, well, if it's not on my character sheet, or if it's not in a skill tree, or if it's not part of my background or my class, I can't do it. Yeah. Be, and, uh, and you know, that's a failing of something. I'm not sure if it's a failing of the system or, or just a... a how the game and the, the idea is evolving, but yes, they have they have neglected well, that aspect.
0: The most important thing about a game is the character sheet, in my opinion. The most what, what? You're communi- the most important thing about a game okay. is its character sheet, right? That's what it's communicating to the majority of the players who are sitting around the table. It doesn't matter like whatever the dungeon master or game master has behind their screen or in their book is not so important. As what is on that sheet. Because for the new player, for the new player, you pull, when you sit down and you say, what is this game about? How do I play this game? You look at that sheet. The the game is, the game designers are communicating to you what's important here. How do I play this? Well, you look down at the 5e character sheet, right? What is it communicating to you? I'm not saying that we can't have a different sheet. I'm not saying that we can't have exactly what you mentioned, right, which is an expanded social system or whatever. not saying that there aren't things on the character sheet that aren't important, right? But, but, at the end of the day, the designers of 5th edition are communicating that it is first and foremost a combat-centered game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I I would have, I will enjoy 6th edition when it comes. Um, as, and I love 5e and I don't want 5e to go anywhere anytime soon, but 6th edition is going to be way more fascinating to me than a 5.5, which is really going to streamline some things and going to be cool and useful for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, we're going to look at it. I guarantee you, and we're going to say they did half the things they wanted to do. And the other half, their hands were tied.
1: Mm. Well, and that's, that's (laughs) D and D. And that has to be the way it is because it is the it is the you know the big it's kid the on the granddaddy. block, yeah, yeah. And like like or, uh, like Craig says, it it not just wants to be all things to everybody, it has to be all things <laughs> to everybody. Otherwise, it's just you know it it's not as big as it was. But also, it is the gateway drug. It is the you know I want something that's more centered around social stuff. Cool. Then there's go, a lot of stuff then out go there. find that system and play that. Yeah. D and D is D and D, and yes, it is combat centered. Why? Because it's heroic. It's a, it's yeah. a heroic action game. It's you can't get around that. Yeah. Yeah. And to try to get around that, and to and to deny that, is a slippery slope that's going to get you nowhere real quick. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see, right? Like all this is conjecture. um Speaking of conjecture, though. I don't want to leave this episode without making note of a couple more things. First and foremost, we're getting two more classic settings in 2022. Spelljammer two more... <laughs> We got boot, right? Like that's what boo. Yeah. Uh, then in 2023, we get two more. There's going to be a nod to a fifth one somewhere in there, but not a full setting book. Um, so I think that's cool. We also have a interpretation book called Mordenkainen Presents Monsters of the Multiverse which is not new content but it's a rework of existing content. 30 new playable races and 250 monsters. I shouldn't say new. <laughs> yeah. 30 races that are compiled from every non alternate setting. Right. Non-Player's Handbook race is in here. We're not. you're not going to see Warforged in there, but neither are you going to see regular elves, right? Yeah. You're going to see um, everything from Volo's Guide plus the smattering of other things like the Grung and the Tortles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have 250 monsters. But all of these will have already been showcased in another product. It's just kind of all compiled and then streamlined a little bit and more yeah. art. Um I think it's a cool book that's going in a three book trilogy that will have Xanathar's and Tasha's in it. Um, And that comes out in January. Um, I'm sure it'll be released on its own too, but it's being presented as being part of the trilogy set. Um, Is there anything else before I talk about the thing that I didn't talk about at the beginning of the show that I said was the biggest news or the coolest news?
1: I don't know. I don't know what that part is.
0: Well, anything else that you want to talk about before we hit on the uh, thing we haven't well, talked
1: about? Well, okay. Um, something that uh, people have talked about before, and that's: are we going to get an addition or a streamlining of the rules for streaming? Mm. Um, and if that's what this is, I I will be worried because to me, streaming is such a small subset of the of the hobby not Mm -hmm. everybody streams their games so why do you need to streamline your the rule the the entire rule system for streaming when you know and i mean there's so many streams out there that have like like two viewers you know that kind of a thing there's only there's only you know a couple handful that have a big enough viewer viewership that
0: that's that's true, so but it, it, it's if also stri- what people are trying to emulate,
1: right? Maybe, maybe, to, an, to one extent, but you know, is that the way the main game should go? No, that should be one of these, you know, Kickstarter projects, it's like, hey, here's you know, rules on how to make 5th edition D&D play a lot faster on your stream kind of a thing, or or something but don't wh- why push the game in a direction that only you know this much of the hobby needs you still have this huge other part that needs to you know needs to be catered to not this hmm. the streamers don't need to be catered to they're the the outliers and we we love the streamers but you have all these other people that are playing the game now, if you're streamlining it for online play, I get that too. Um,
0: yeah, that's that's a win.
1: Yeah, I think. But I think
0: they're doing. I think they're reconstruing that with the VTT. Yeah. Like I think I, that's I, I, the yeah. answer for streamlining online play is hooking yourself up to a nice VTT mm-hmm. and going from there. Especially if like D and D built. Getting D and D beyond and beyond. Yeah. I was going to say, getting D&D Beyond and Beyond 20 hooked mm-hmm. up doesn't... Sh- it streamlines my games, right? Yep. But it doesn't actually reduce the... It makes it easier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very true. Okay. So here's here's the last thing that I think we should do. Here's what's about. the big thing. Big thing. The big thing. Did you see who... The D Dungeon Master Uh to the Stars Dungeon Master Uh of the World reigning champion is. The challenge? The D challenge? It is our very own. Is it? Yeah. The, the DM Challenge, yes. Okay. Yes. It's our very own Andrew Byshinsky. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I yes, had he not
1: been officially announced. That's freaking cuz I I was waiting to find out cuz yeah, I wanted to know. That's is... okay, cool.
0: You know, we we were going to get him on the show, but now I think he may be a little bit too well, we need to snag him before, you know. There's a caliber of guest I was, I I think that ship has sailed is what I'm you trying think so? to case right so? now. So well, I, I think our okay. Yeah, I think I think there was a day, there was a there's a time when Andrew
1: might have Graced us. And now and now we're just we're just too yeah, his his sights. We're are, the uh... riffraff
0: at this point. We're popper. we're we're one of many paparazzi. True, very true. Yes, yes. Very true. Uh now now yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: I am I am I am super, super happy for Andrew. Um that is awesome. Congratulations. Um I I wish they would have done more with the the challenge the, the the DM challenge I kind of feel like you know it was announced with now, much fanfare it was but, but then it was like once it was announced and people submitted it was like you had to dig to find out well who's the top 10 mm-hmm. and then you had to dig and you, you you know you had to know where to go and look to find out what's the new challenge for this week who made it to the next round what's going on next where were the interviews where were the exit interviews of the people that didn't make it going forward where hmm. where were their spotlights and things like that these dms i mean and to one of our mutual friends uh consternation you know it was it was not the dm of the world since you know it didn't go go to all the countries of the world for for legal reasons and things like that mm-hmm. but There was a lot of people that submitted. There was a lot of DMs that that went out for this. And the ones that made it to the top 10, I'm sorry, but I feel like, Watsy, you did them a disservice. Mm. These people Mm. busted their butts for this contest. They had to meet deadline after deadline after deadline. And... It was crickets most of the time. You didn't hear hardly anything about it. You didn't hear, why weren't they being talked about on Dragon Talk, like, extensively?
0: Yeah, it had been interesting. It would have been so much cooler. Before you get too much further down that line, I will note that six or seven of them got to produce a Mm -hmm. special recognized... uh, I was gonna say module, but we'll say instead like supplement mm-hmm. for which light that was released in tandem with it on the DMs guild. So you can go and like they have a spotlight on them there for sure. Yeah.
1: And that's and that's and I, that's cool. But again, uh okay, I, I, I know I know Daniel and I know Andrew. hmm Who were the others? Yeah. Yeah. I should be able to be like, oh, and then there's this person from this country and they did really well. And this person from this other thing, you know, I should, you know, as a fan of d and I would have liked to have known that. I would I would have loved to have individual interviews and, and things like that. You know, it. the top three, the top three should have had interviews. And of course, you know, Andrew. Being the one that, that that came in on top, he should have other spotlights and things like that. But these ten people mm. deserved a lot more recognition, deserved a lot more fanfare than what they got. And mm. I, I I feel I feel like they missed out on an opportunity to lift up people in their in the fan base. Well, listen. You know we're
0: going we're we're lifting them up right now right, uh so we got you Wansy we got it taken care of. Uh, Daniel is running games for Bald Man. Mm-hmm. You can go play a game with one of the finalists. I think that'd yeah. be awesome, right? And then uh, Andrew, uh, friend of the show in ways, um, you can go pick up his stuff on the DM's scale. He's got a lot of things, including a uh, learn to play uh, adventure that he wrote uh, for AL that is very widely acclaimed um he also has uh a product with uh with yours truly that just got funded on kickstarter this summer and that is almost uh to be released and um i mean it's just listen i have a track record of snagging people before they before they
1: we get them going up we get them coming down That's That's right, right. that's right, (laughs) exactly. Uh, But no, he's
0: a a writer on, a very substantial writer on an upcoming project. Um, And then he also, Joe, uh, yep, Joe just beat me to it. Uh, Joe Rasso, friend of the show, just put out a uh, Rashomon book, which we talked about a few episodes back. Yes. Just came out this week. And Andrew put out an entire uh, witchy class uh, for that book called, inside that book which is super cool
1: yeah
0: um so you can find a ton of andrew stuff everywhere i don't know about the other people for the most part except that they have the stuff on the dm's guild um and you should go check that out and then you should go play games with daniel uh at the next uh virtual weekend
1: yeah yes indeed (laughs) Yes. Daniel, and uh, I got to talk with Daniel quite a bit at Gen Con. Great guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to him uh, online uh, you know, quite a bit in the virtual weekends and things like that in our uh, Herald's Guild channels and stuff. But it was really nice to actually get to, you know, face-to-face and say hey and, and all that stuff. Super yeah. nice guy. Um, did great in the competition. Um, worked his butt off. And I think he's got the bug. He's got the bug yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Villanaz, true words could not have been spoken. I appreciate that you said that on the bite-sized gaming stream. Villanaz just said, Andrew's involvement in Den of Assassins is a big part of why I backed it. Which is the perfect statement for me. Uh, because, uh, and and Villanaz, I, I say this with all sincerity. That was on the bite-sized gaming Kickstarter profile. <laughs> it was promoted on all bite-sized gaming Zach products. it was uh, 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 handed to me as a thing to to make to make quote unquote real but it is truly Andrew's thing and Andrew should have been the reason that you backed it, even though it was <laughs> like I love that I just I love the visual though of like there's this big bite sized gaming logo on the scent cover of the book. <laughs> and people are like, you know why I back this? And they like flip past the front cover to Andrew's name of and the,
1: this guy. <laughs> yep, that's
0: fair. That's a great.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, oh, look, he made it legitimate. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I it's love like, it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, wow. That's awesome. I'm so happy right now, actually. I'm going to put that in the front of my book one day. Is like, it's going to be one of those.
1: Little quotes, little blurbs. Little quotes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Reasons to buy this book.
1: Andrew's in it. Andrew's in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else that we need to talk about as far as uh, celebration goes? We've gone a little bit off the rails there, but for a oh, good yeah. for a good cause.
1: We're always off the rails. Um, I, you know, other than um. I hope everybody had fun with the uh the new adventures, the new season. Well, I guess that's not really even season eleven. They're not calling it season eleven, they're calling it you know, Wild Beyond the Witchlight or whatever. So uh, you could do if the adventure epic. code is season eleven though. Yeah. You could do like the you know, the intro adventure, Lost Things, and then mm-hmm. uh play the uh the epic. Yeah. And that's that's what people got to do at uh, celebration, so that was pretty cool. Heck heard, yeah. a lot of, heard a lot of good things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're going to be heading out to Origins, so uh, you probably won't get a Sunday stream from us uh, next week. Uh, but we'll come back, and what we're going to plan on doing is wrapping up uh, a convention, our convention mini-circuit here with a extended chat. So look forward to yes. that in about a week. Um, get Thomas on, I think, and there'll be uh, the four of us. Uh, uh, recounting the tales of the conventions past. Yes. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, I think with that, uh, I'm going to encourage you yet one more time to head on over to our Facebook and give us a like and a follow. That's a great place to uh, get notified when we're getting ready to go live. You can also just watch us straight there on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, though you don't get as much chat interaction, I don't think on that platform you can still catch us live uh another place you can head over to is our discord channel our discord channel is as i said last episode hoppin um there's a great there's a great section that's very lively after the convention's called show us your stuff show us your stuff uh, where you get to see all the convention halls from everybody and there's a lot of awesome stuff there um that sparks a lot of conversations about you know those items. So yeah. talk about board games. Talk about new RPGs and things that are hard to get other than the convention scene. And it's, it's a great time.
1: And also make sure you find us on your uh, your podcatcher of choice and subscribe and leave us a, a review. Hopefully a yes. good one. Listen, because I'll it helps take, helps other yeah. people find us and mm-hmm. uh, grow the grow the crew. Absolutely. Get more, get more people out here to make fun of us. So,
0: Well, as we're closing out here, we want to say a special thank you to our chat. Uh, Girk, Velanaz, Craig, Joe, uh, let's see, who else did we have here? Uh, Geek Girl, Lissa, and there's a whole holy host of folks. Kill uh, a lot. I probably, probably forget. Kill yeah, a lot.
1: Kill a lot, Fair Joe, Fairstein. And then the... Awesome. the the, the possible bots that were that that didn't uh, pipe up. So, I wonder if that's rude. If what what what's rude? Calling impossible r- bots. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know if they are or not. If they're not, cool. Come back and join us again. But I, I, how am I supposed to know if they don't say stuff?
0: That's fair. That's fair. I just think about like many chats i pop into here on twitch and in the silent like hey i'm working on this other thing where i'm just dead to the world mm-hmm. i'm just here to be a passive observer and then there's troy calling me a bot making me feel bad so.
1: well okay so on those other streams that you're on do they say mm-hmm. and then there's zach goins who hasn't said anywhere anything is he a bot do they call you out like we call no, they people don't. out okay they don't. so so we've they we've don't. called out uh, just another viewer, another TV viewer, Commander Root, Ergalta and extra more a, a few times, mm. and they've mm. said nothing. Mm. So mm. either they're very uh, shy, which is perhaps
0: fine, perhaps, but I or uh, bots. someday someday you're gonna say that to someone, and they're gonna say like, "Hey, uh, here's a very valid excuse," and 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 then. There we go. I don't know if that's actually going to mean anything or do I, anything or uh, probably if not. we'll ever see that. But I always wonder. I'm like, is it rude to to call someone a possible bot? And uh, we may never know. We may never know. Yeah.
1: The world may never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks so much. We'll see ya. Have a great we'll game, everybody. Take care.